welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, fantasy golf is back with the Sony Open kicking off in Hawaii on Thursday at Wailai Country Club. The PGA Tour season is back in swing and fantasy golf is back in DFS formats, one and done formats, or if you're just in the outright betting market. So today we are here to preview all three of those for the Sony Open. We're going to talk about the course, talk about um, some players at the top of the board and some players further down the board that you need to know about for the Sony Open. Now, if you are interested, we at Mike's Money Picks are running a one and done for the 2023 season. If you've never heard of one and done, it's very simple. You pick one golfer a week and you cannot pick that golfer again for the rest of the season. And you will earn points based off of how much money the golfer earns each week in the season. Uh, Check the link on our Twitter feed if you want to sign up. It is $25. Uh, If you do not want to risk $25 for it, I totally understand. Um, But it's a super fun way to get into fantasy golf. And it is also just an interesting way to, you know, kind of have a little bit of bragging rights and friendly competition friendly competition throughout the season. Uh, I've got some of my friends and family in the one and done, and we're looking to fill it with 20 people. So if you're interested, check my Twitter feed. More on one and done a little bit later. Also, uh, make sure if you are playing other fantasy sports other than fantasy golf, check out the podcast feed. We did a college basketball episode yesterday that has tonight's games on um, the episode. And then also we're going to be having an NFL and another college basketball episode later this week. So stay tuned for that if you are interested in playing other fantasy sports other than golf. As always, if you want my full DFS picks, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. I'll be putting my most favorite golfers there on that picks, along with my reasoning in picking them um, up every Wednesday. So, enough for the introduction. Fantasy golf is back, y'all. PGA Tour, it's back. It's, you know... Um, going to be fun to watch this event in primetime in Hawaii this weekend. I'm going to be glad to have golf back on the TV. So without further ado, let's dive into our course preview first. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So let's go ahead and talk about the course. Wailai Country Club is the home of the Sony Open. And they're making a pretty big deal this year out of this being the 25th edition of the Sony Open, but that's really just of Sony being the sponsor. Um, the PGA Tour has been heading to Honolulu and heading to YLI Country Club for quite a while now, so it's definitely a traditional stop on the PGA Tour. Now, if you watched the broadcast of golf last week at the Century Tournament of Champions at Kapalua, Kapalua was on the island of Maui, and Kapalua looks like... Hawaii. Like there's just these breathtaking views. It's wide fairways. It's it's visually stunning. Wailai does not necessarily look as much like Hawaii as uh, Kapalua did. Uh, Wailai is on the island of Oahu and it is in the city of Honolulu. And if you did not know better, if you just turned on the TV, you could be convinced that it was in Florida or California or maybe even like coastal Georgia. Um, it just it kind of looks like your average run-of-the-mill country club just with some palm trees and with some coastline. Um, you know, that's not to say that it's not beautiful or anything. Like, it's still Hawaii, but it definitely isn't, you know, the breathtaking visual splendor that is Kapalua. So, YLI is a short resort course that has thick rough. It has a lot of dog legs, and it doesn't have any drivable par fours. So, this is a course where distance isn't really going to gain you a whole lot because even if you're a longer driver off the tee, it's not like you're going to be driving any greens. It's not like you're going to be um, 
you know, hitting into these like 50 yard zones because you've got these dog legs to deal with and these tree line fairways, you're not going to be able to cut the corners, even if you are really long off the tee. Wildlife is also a par 70 with two par fives and both par fives are reachable in two shots for the entire field. That's very interesting to me um, because you're going to look at a very high eagle rate on both of these par five holes, even by guys who are shorter. All of the par threes on this course are in between 170 and 200 yards, and it's 7,044 yards total. Um, 10 of the 12 par fours are 400 to 500 yards, and it does feature Bermuda greens. So that is just kind of your description of YLI. Um, I've got a few comp courses. So Pete Dye courses seem to compare really well to YLI. So that includes um, Harbor Town at the RBC Heritage, uh, Sedgefield Country Club at, you know, the Wyndham. Those are both die courses. Colonial Country Club in Dallas, I think, is another comparison. It's another par 70. I really like the comparison to Colonial because all of the par threes are very similar in length. And then Mayakoba, um, El Camellion Golf Course for the Mayakoba Championship. That is another comp. It's a tropical course with big greens, um, much like Wailai here. So what we're looking for, you know, to target golfers this week is we're looking for guys who are accurate, guys who will hit greens and guys who will hit putts these greens honestly are some of the flattest on the pga tour so it's a situation where good putters are going to continue to be good and bad putters could even maybe get lucky a few times because there's not going to be as much break there's not going to be as much undulation and so if you're not a good putter you're going to kind of be able to put it pretty close to the hole with pretty much confidence that it's not going to break a whole lot. So I do think that bad putters will be elevated just a little bit, but good putters will still continue to be good. One more thing that you do need to know about um, Wailai. It is in Hawaii, and I traveled to Hawaii a few years ago. I actually played a round of golf there, but it was not at Wailai. But the body adjustment is something that is very um, – it's a real thing. Like, the you know, if you're an Eastern time zone person, you're five hours back being in Hawaii. So if – Someone's taking their first trip to Hawaii, that's probably not going to bode very well for them because they're probably not used to this body adjustment. But if they've taken a few trips and, you know, they've been here before, they've done their thing, they've they played well in this tournament before, then that generally is a good sign of things to come. Also, Sony Open, the Wildlife Country Club, is one of the most correlated courses on the PGA Tour. So what that means is guys who play well here tend to play well here year in and year out. Almost, it's almost on the same level as Augusta National, where guys who play well at Augusta continue to play well at Augusta. So um, looking at picking golfers this week, course history is going to be something that's important, and course history is going to be something that we are going to look at when we are highlighting some of these golfers. So that does it for the course preview. Let's go ahead and now talk about the golfers that are at the top of the board on FanDuel and DraftKings. So looking at the top of the board on FanDuel and DraftKings for DFS this week sits Tom Kim. And Tom Kim has been absolutely on fire in the last six months. He's a guy we've talked about on this podcast before. We were all over him when he won at the Wyndham. And that was his first career win on the PGA Tour. He got his second win at uh, the Shriners Open in Las Vegas. And it just continues a really good run of golf from Tom Kim. He is a incredibly accurate incredibly dialed in golfer who is really good with his irons, really good with his putter, and he's really accurate with his driver. He's not one of the longest guys on tour, but he is going to hit a lot of fairways and hit a lot of greens, and he's good enough at putting to cash those in for birdies. So 
Tom Kim is absolutely deservedly the top player on the board this week. I think he will be very highly owned on FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, and one reason why is because he's such a great course fit here. Like I talked about with the course preview, how we want guys who are accurate, how we want guys who are um, going to be able to hit greens and hit putts. And he is that guy. You know, he also won at one of my comp courses, Sedgefield. He won at the Wyndham Championship. Um, and if you're worried about the whole Hawaii time zone thing, he came in fifth at the Century Tournament of Champions last week. And he also has an incredibly high floor because he has not finished worse than 25th this season. So Tom Kim is the absolute top option. I have no problem going to him in your DFS lineups. Second on the board is a guy that I am slightly less interested in. That's Sung J.M. So Sung J.M. just played in the Century Tournament of Champions with Tom Kim, and he came in 13th at that tournament in Hawaii. And he hasn't played the Sony Open a whole lot, but he has 21st and 16th are his two best finishes here. So I don't know. I feel like Sung Jae is a guy that you either play a lot of or don't play a lot of. And I tend to not find myself playing a lot of Sung J.M., especially when he's at the very top of the board, because he's not a guy that wins a whole lot of golf tournaments. He will come in, you know, your 13th place, your 16th place, your 9th place. He will do that, but he's not exactly a guy who wins a whole lot. So I'm not exactly rushing to fit Sung J.M. this week into my lineup, even though I think he is a good fit for the course, and I do think he does have a pretty safe floor. So after Sung J.M., we have Hideki Matsuyama, who is the defending champ of this event. He won last year in a playoff over Russell Henley. And the back has been a serious health concern for Hideki looking at this summer and this fall swing of the PGA Tour season. But it does seem like he's finally back healthy. You know, he came in 21st at the Tournament of Champions last week in Hawaii. And that wasn't the best finish because there is 39 players playing in that event. You know, in 21st out of 39 in a no-cut event is... Not spectacular, but it does seem like he's back healthy. Um, I will probably not be playing Hideki a whole lot this week just because the health does concern me. And I feel like I would rather either pay up for Tom Kim or pay down for a few other options that are here further down the board. Next up is Jordan Spieth, who... Recent form coming in has not been great. He hasn't been great at either the Hero World Challenge or the Century Tournament of Champions last week, and he hasn't played the Sony Open in eight years since uh, 2014. So um, you're looking at a long gap for Spieth, and you're looking at a guy who you never really know what's going to happen with Spieth, right? Like you just don't really know if he's going to really show up and be dialed in and have everything go his way and, you know, contend and have a top five or maybe even win. Or you don't know if everything's just going to spiral out of control by Thursday afternoon. He's going to miss the cut. Now, one thing I do think Spieth has going for him is that he has won at two comp courses for this event. He's won at Colonial with the Charles Schwab Challenge, and he's won at Harbortown with the RBC Heritage. So he has shown the ability to win at these accuracy premium courses. And, you know, he's still one of the best putters on planet Earth, especially when it's time for a clutch putt. But it's getting to that clutch putt that worries me. He's not always the most accurate with the driver or the irons. And when it goes bad, it goes bad. So I think Spieth is definitely a high upside play. He definitely has the upside to win this golf tournament. But I'm probably not rushing to play him when there is some other options down on the board. He's definitely a guy that if you're playing a GPP on FanDuel or DraftKings, you can definitely roster because it's either going to go really good or really bad. 
Next up after Jordan Speed is Tom Hoagie, who's coming off of a third-place finish at the Century Tournament of Champions last week. Now, I think he gets a huge price bump for that finish because before that, he actually ended the fall swing of the PGA Tour with two missed cuts, but he really did have a good fall before those two missed cuts. So I kind of I was expecting him to come in at a discount because of those two missed cuts, but the Century Tournament of Champions finish you know, definitely ups his price tag. And before those miscuts, he was playing some really good golf. He was T13, T9, T4, and T12 in the four events before his back-to-back miscuts. Now, Tom Hoagie also has good course history here at Wailai. He has a 12th place finish and a third place finish here at the Sony Open. And he has a win at a course that is not really one of my top comp courses, but Pebble Beach is another course that is a par 70. It's not long, and it puts a premium on accuracy. Now, the greens are a lot smaller at Pebble than they are here at Wileye, but it definitely is another coastal course that puts a premium on accuracy. So Tom Hoagie, good fit for the course, good course history, good recent finish at the Tournament of Champions. I actually think it could be a decent strategy this week to start your lineups down here with Tom Hoagie and maybe fit another one of these guys here in this area in your lineup as well. Speaking of which, I really like Russell Henley this week. He is a great fit for the course. He you know, plays really well at courses that uh, put a premium on accuracy because that's what he does. He's never going to be one of the longest hitters on tour, but he is one of the most accurate. He actually won this tournament back in 2014, and he won one of my comp courses, Mayakoba, earlier in the fall. Now, he was also the runner-up here last year, lost in a playoff to Hideki, and he was 11th here at the Sony Open the year before that. So if you're looking for a course history guy, Russell Henley is your guy. Like I said, I definitely think it's easy to build a lineup this week if you go with something like Tom Hoagie, Russell Henley, or maybe even Russell Henley and Corey Connors. So Corey Connors is like... Everybody has a friend that they play golf with that is like Corey Connors. And what I mean by that is everybody has that friend that they play golf with where you're standing there on the green and you're sitting there like, dang, if this guy could just learn how to putt, he would be a scratch golfer. Except with Corey Connors, it's if this guy could just putt, he would win more events on the PGA Tour. And he's a very accurate golfer. He's not short off the tee either. He's not a long hitter by any means, but he's not short. But he is accurate. He's a really good ball striker with his irons. He's not bad in the short game, but he just is not a great putter. And, you know, if he could just put it together for one week, he would be a very good option. Now, like I said, this is a course that kind of elevates bad putters because the greens are very flat. They're not difficult to read. So it could kind of give you a little bit of that mental confidence, mental edge to just know like, hey, this is my line. I'm hitting it here. And even if I miss it, I'm only going to be off by like a foot and I can just tap it in, right? So I think that this does bode well for Corey Connors at this course. And his history here kind of shows that. He was T11, T12, and T3 in his last three trips here to the Sony Open. So like I said, I have no problem putting up two of these guys here near the top of the board. Um, something like a Henley Connors build or a Hoagie Connors build, something like that. I have no problem starting with two of those guys that are sitting there in the 9K range on DraftKings. All right, let's now, oh, one more offer I do want to talk about, Brian Harmon. So Brian Harmon is another one of these shorter hitters who is accurate. He's also a lefty, which is cool for me as a lefty. Um, And he has a pair of runner-ups at the RSM and the Mayakoba. Um, So he does have a track record of playing well at the comp courses for this course here at Wileye. And he also came in fourth here in 2018. So uh, Brian Harmon, definitely an option to look out for as well. All right. We are now far enough down the board that I will call the next guy's value plays. I do have some of them to talk about. 
So let's take a quick breather and then we're gonna talk about our DFS value plays. So looking at the value plays this week, just low enough for me to call them value plays. Maverick McNeely and Taylor Montgomery, I do like both of them this week. Both of them are coming in with really good recent form. Montgomery specifically had a really good fall. Uh, and they're both pretty good fits for the course. You know, we've seen Maverick McNeely play well at these shorter courses like Pebble Beach in the past. So I'm totally okay with either of those two guys in my lineups. Now, a guy that I do want to talk about is J.J. Spawn. He's playing really good golf of late. He came in with a T5 at the Tournament of Champions, which was a really tough field. Like 39 of the best golfers in the world were at that event, and he came in T5. So for J.J. Spawn, like, good job. That's that's really good. And he also has a pair of top 15s in the fall at the RSM Classic and at Mayakoba. However, the one thing that does concern me is that he does have three straight missed cuts here at the Sony Open. So maybe, you know, the fact that he's playing better golf right now than he ever has at any point in his career, maybe that is what finally causes him to, you know, kind of get over the hump here at the Sony. Or maybe going to the Tournament of Champions and having a good round in Hawaii um, will help him get over the hump here at Sony. I don't know. Um, I don't like the course history, but I do like the fact that he is coming in playing some really good golf, arguably the best of his career. So I have no problem playing J.J. Spawn this week. A guy that's going to kind of go under the radar is Siwoo Kim. So Siwoo Kim is one of these guys, much like Corey Connors, who is not a great putter. But he did recently change putters. And even through the putting change, he had four straight made cuts to end the fall season. And Siwoo Kim has also done very well at some comp courses to this event. He's won at the American Express, at the Wyndham, and at the Players' Championship, all of which are peat dye design courses. Like I talked about earlier, how this course might not be a peat dye design, but it's similar to peat dye designs. And all of which also have Bermuda greens, just like this course here at YLI. So uh, Siwoo Kim, definitely a really good option this week. Now, again, Siwoo Kim is kind of like um, Jordan Speed Light, where you never know if he's going to you know, contend for the weekend or if he's going to be plus four through four holes on Thursday and just mail it in and be done for the week. So um, definitely a wide range of outcomes with Siwoo Kim, but he is a guy that is worth playing this week, in my opinion. So if Siwoo Kim is Jordan Spieth light version, Andrew Putnam is Tom Kim light version. Andrew Putnam, over the course of the last season, has excelled pretty much at all the same courses that Tom Kim does. And if you think Tom Kim is a good play for this event, then you probably think Andrew Putnam is a good play for this event. Andrew Putnam is one of the best short game players on tour when it comes to both his chipping and his putting. And he's a very accurate golfer off the tee and with his irons. Now, the fall for Andrew Putnam, we were on him a lot in the fall, and he never really let us down. He had eight events in the fall, and he had all top 50 finishes in all eight of them, and that peaked with a runner-up at the Zozo Championship. So Andrew Putnam, at his price tag, is going to give you a lot of upside, and I think that he does have the ability to have a good week here at YLI at a course that really fits his game. Another guy that I really like this week is Alex Smalley. So Alex Smalley finished the fall with probably the best recent form out of anybody that didn't win a tournament. He finished the fall with a T11, a T4, and a T5 at Bermuda, uh, Houston, and the RSM. He's also a very good comp course player. He plays well at Wyndham. Uh, he plays well at Colonial. He's just a very solid option this week, in my opinion. However, one thing that does go against him, the only strike mark I can find against Alex Smalley this week is that he missed the cut in his only appearance here last season. But like I said earlier on the pod, if it's your first time to Hawaii, that time zone is going to affect you. So maybe, you know, 
one trip, you know, he learned a few lessons, learned how to do it right this time, and he's going to play better this time. But he's also playing better golf this time than he was this time last year. So I really do like Alex Smalley for this event. So also in this range on FanDuel and DraftKings and good course fits, I'm not going to really get into a whole lot of details on these two guys, but Hayden Buckley and Adam Svensson. Buckley is a very great driver of the golf ball who's also very accurate with it. And Adam Svensson's coming off of a win at the RSM Classic, which is a, not a, the worst comp course for this. You know, it's a coastal course. It's a shorter course. So both of these guys come in with, um, you know, pretty good spots, especially at their price tags on FanDuel and DraftKings. Now, Webb Simpson and Chris Kirk are both guys that if you believe in course history, you should be targeting because their course history here is elite, but they have terrible, absolutely terrible recent form. Webb Simpson, you know, we were all over him at the Wyndham last year. He even missed the cut at the Wyndham last year, and that's like the Webb Simpson Invitational. So um, definitely not good recent form for those two guys, but if you're a believer in course history, you should give out a try for Webb Simpson and Chris Kirk. Now looking further down the board, um, Chez Reeve is a guy that I think is an interesting option. He's one of the shortest hitters on the PGA Tour, but Chez Reeve is a guy that he sent. He seems to play well at his courses and terribly at courses that he doesn't like. And Sony is a course that he seems to play well at. He has a third-place finish, an 18th-place finish, and an eighth-place finish here at the Sony Open. So Chez Reeve... This might be a week to go to him. Um, I definitely think the price tag is affordable on DraftKings, and I definitely think that he's a good fit. He is not boxed out of playing well at this course because of his lack of distance, because it's a shorter course, and because of all the dog legs. So I definitely think this could be a spot for Ches Reeve to get into your lineups this week. Now, two guys that are going to come in with very little ownership on FanDuel and DraftKings are Kazuki Higa and Kaida Nakajima. So these are two guys who primarily play on the Asian Tour that they both got to play in the Zozo Championship, and they both played pretty well. They had pretty good showings. So Kazuki Higa has a little bit more of a pedigree on the European Tour than Nakajima, and Higa had a T36 at the Zozo this year. Uh, Nakajima had a T12 at the Zozo this year. So Nakajima is the only event we have for him on DraftKings or FanDuel, but a T12 on a PGA Tour event with a pretty tough field the guy can compete. So um, I definitely think that both of these two guys are going to go under the radar because people on FanDuel and DraftKings, they play guys that they know. Um, it's why you see Ricky Fowler get ownership every major because people know Ricky Fowler, right? So people aren't going to necessarily flock to these two guys because they don't really know them. And so I think that you could get a really good leverage play if either of these guys ends up being a contender through the weekend. Um, like I said, Higa has more of a pedigree, but I think Nakajima does have a good bit of upside with that finish at the Zozo. So uh, I'm definitely okay with playing either of those guys in my lineup this week. Now looking really far down the board, a really high upside play, but also really high risk play is David Lingmurth. So David Lingmurth in the fall had a T10 at RSM, T8 at Mayakoba, and T11 at Bermuda, and those were all sandwiched by missed cuts. So you're getting a guy that, you know, can really compete and play well, or he can miss the cut, which if you're playing a GPP on FanDuel or DraftKings, you want the upside of that guy who can come in the top 10. So I definitely think that David Lingmurth is an option. He's shown upside earlier in his career. He competed in a major championship on a Sunday at the 2015 PGA, 
and he also has won the Memorial Tournament before. So you're getting a guy who, you know, maybe his better days are behind him, but he's trying to find that magic again. He's trying to get it back, and he played very well over the fall swing. So let's see if he can keep it going here this week. The Probably the farthest down the board guy I will go on FanDuel or DraftKings is Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson is another guy that has really good course history here. So if you're building a lineup that's kind of based on course history and fit for the course, Michael Thompson is that guy that you can go with. All right, so that does it for the DFS preview. Hopefully we gave you guys plenty of names that you guys are going to be able to put into your lineups. Let's go ahead and switch on over and talk about one and done after a quick breather. All right, so this is one of my favorite segments. We're going to talk about one and done, which, like I said, if you want to play in a one and done, um, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. There is a link that is going to be going up on my Twitter later this morning that will have a link to the one and done. It is $25. Um, if you don't want to pay that, totally understand, but this is a great, fun way. Um, my friends and family are in it, you know, just little bragging rights, a little bit of money on the line just to see who can pick golfers each week. And you get to see if you can do better than me, right? Which, um, you know, everybody wants to show that they can do better than, you know, their favorite expert. So, um, which not saying that I'm an expert, but you know, I, I do my research, I take my time and I think I make some pretty good picks. So, um, you can see if you can do better than me on that this year. So let's talk about the strategy for one and done. So this week we're really set the tone for the rest of your one and done because, it is very easy to front run in a one and done. Meaning if you get off to a good start this week and next, it is very easy to just kind of pick names at the top of the board that everybody else is picking. So that way nobody else can really gain position on you, right? So the question becomes, how aggressive do you want to be this week? So that way you can get off to a good start. Now, one other thing that's important, if your one and done is playing with cash, which mine is, um, meaning that you get the money that each golfer earns at the end of every event. This is not an elevated event. The PGA Tour has elevated the prize pool of, I believe it is eight events this season. So that way that there's more money distributed and it's one of their kind of countermeasures to compete with live. So this is not an elevated event. You definitely want to save your big dogs for those elevated events. So one thing that I'm going to think about this week is when could I ever envision myself using this guy again, right? So is there going to be a week later on in the season where this guy is top five in the betting odds this week? Or, you know, is there going to be an event later on in the season where this guy has really good course history or is a really good fit, right? So to me, there's a lot of options. Tom Kim is a guy that I'm most certainly going to want to use again. So I'm probably not going to play Tom Kim this week. Jordan Spieth is an intriguing option, but to me, I would like to see better recent form before I deploy Spieth. And there's also much other courses that Spieth plays well at. You know, think about um, TPC San Antonio or, you know, Colonial or even Augusta um, or even Harbortown. Like there's other courses that we know Spieth has a track record at that I don't think I'll use him this week. Russell Henley is a guy that I might consider using. Um, you know, he has great course history here and he's kind of a guy that he doesn't pop up as a top five on the betting boards guy very often. So Russell Henley is a guy that I'm very much considering. Another guy that I'm very much considering is Corey Connors. Um, Corey Connors, like Russell Henley, another guy who you're not going to check week in and week out and see him at the top of the board in betting or on FanDuel or DraftKings, right? Um, he, he's not a grinder who plays 35 events. And so when he plays events, like he's playing with other big guys on the PGA Tour. And 
if any week for Corey Connors, this is the week that could mitigate his putting woes, right? We talked about how these greens are not very undulated. They're not very difficult. And so he could very much come through with a big week here. And he has in the past. So um, those two guys I'm very intrigued by. If you want to capitalize on recent form and maybe hope to kind of ride this hot streak out, Taylor Montgomery is an interesting option. But I kind of see Taylor Montgomery this year with him being a rookie on the PGA Tour, kind of teeing it up everywhere. And so you're going to end up with situations where maybe like you get to the John Deere Classic or an event like that, and Taylor Montgomery's like two or three on the board. So I think I might try to save Taylor Montgomery for that reason, just because I feel like he's a guy who's going to be a grinder, and he's going to pop up as top five somewhere later on in the season where it's a weaker field. Maverick McNeely and Tom Hoagie are both good course fits also that I don't envision myself wanting to use again, but they're probably a little further down the board than I would prefer this week. So... Um, in conclusion, I'm thinking Russell Henley or Corey Connors. I don't know which one I'm going to go with just yet, but one of those two guys that, you know, they're both accurate. They both have course history and I don't see myself rushing to use either of them, um, anytime soon. So, um, those two guys are the two that I'm going to be considering Russell Henley and Corey Connors. All right. So that does it for your one and done preview for the Sony Open. And in fact, that does it for the whole preview for the Sony Open. So whether you're playing DFS one and done or trying to pick an outright winner, hopefully we got you covered. Um, you know, in terms of an outright winner, I don't think I mentioned it specifically, but I do think Tom Kim has the best odds for a reason. And I think that you want to pick a guy who has winning upside. Um, there's not a lot of first time winners at the Sony. So, um, Anyway, that does it for this preview episode, guys. Like I said, PGA Tour Fantasy Golf is back, and it's really exciting. Um, and I'm looking really forward to doing this one and done with you guys this season. I um, think it's going to be something fun to look forward to every week uh, and definitely give extra incentive to watching golf on your TV every weekend. So um, looking forward to that, guys. Please, again, if you want in the one and done, Follow me on Twitter. I will be tweeting out the link, um, or you can DM me for it also. My DMs are open. Uh, in fact, follow me on Twitter anyway. Um, I'm always happy to answer any lineup or start sit questions. And if you want to see my full DFS picks, you know, I mentioned a lot of guys on this episode. If you want to see who my top premium options are, uh, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps me out a lot. And we've got other content for NFL and college basketball coming your way later this week. All right, guys. So, that does it for the Sony Open preview. Um, looking forward to watching this weekend in Hawaii, so some primetime golf. Um, hopefully, I gave you guys plenty of options to play in your DFS picks and your one and dones, uh, and maybe some guys to bet in the outright market as well. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time.